And welcome to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Mark Rosen, your host. We will be with you each and every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock right here on KFAN. 60 Minutes with Kirk. And uh, really excited about the show. We're going to have interviews, game reaction from news conferences, the locker room, game highlights, of course, uh, NFL Network. And more importantly, um, as the season goes on, you, the fans, will also have an opportunity to ask questions and leave voicemails on a regular basis. We'll talk more about that a little bit later. Also, plenty of content uh, from the show beyond all the video formats. We'll get into that a bit later as well. But more importantly, let's just get into it. We got a uh, season opener this week, Kirk. Nice to see you. And uh, first of all, what, what are some of your objectives about this show? Yeah, I think this is a unique thing. Uh, we're trying this year, but I'm excited about it. I, I think it's a great way to communicate with those that follow our team in a, in a different way. I do obviously press conferences after the games, but that is so hurried. You're coming out of the game. You've barely been able to process the film and talk about the game to any degree. And then we jump on Wednesday and speak to the media, and we're already focused on the next opponent. And so there really is no time to catch your breath, have watched the film, and then talk about what happened. And, uh, and so I think this is a great opportunity to do that each week, kind of talk about the state of our team, our offense, and, and our quarterback position. And um, hopefully fans can get a better understanding of, of what mm-hmm. goes on behind the scenes. Well, before we launch into uh, the objectives for this season and, of course, the Atlanta game coming up next Sunday, uh, you had an opportunity to enjoy summertime here in, in the state of That's Minnesota. Right. Uh, kind of really the first full summer you've had a chance to really kind of really absorb being a Minnesotan. And I, I don't think that anything could possibly top being a true Minnesotan than experiencing the state fair. <laughs> and you, <laughs> I agree. You had that opportunity a couple times. Yes. So last year, in my rookie year as a, as a Viking, if you will, my wife and I drove to the state fair and did not realize the hassle that parking would become. And so we ended up, after about 30 minutes of not knowing what to do, turned around and drove home. So we missed out on the state fair my first year as a Viking. So this year we said, we're going, we're making it a priority. I took my son Cooper with me uh, earlier last week on an afternoon, which was great. It was an afternoon, not as crowded. It just rained. So I think it drove away some of the crowds, but I had forgotten a stroller. And so I'm walking Cardinal around the sin fair number one. holding my almost two-year-old oh son, and I looked at him saying, oh boy, buddy, uh, this is you and me now. Here we go. But we still had a great experience, and I chronicled it on social media. But then I told my wife, you have to go. This was special. I mean, it's packed. It's great food. The rides, the people, it's just outstanding. And so I said, we can't go another year without you going. And so Sunday night, we went on Labor Day weekend. My goodness. And it was packed. And I had the stroller this time and my wife and my other son. And it was a little hard to get around the crowd and maneuver with a giant stroller and two young boys. But we made it work. We went and saw the farm animals and the, the horses and the cows and, and the <laughs> sheep and the goats. And we also uh, obviously got a lot of deep fried food and uh, uh, just yes. had a blast. So it was a great time. I understand the hype. The people of Minnesota know how to put on a fair. Did you go incognito or just a baseball cap? And yeah, for me, incognito is just a hat and sunglasses. <laughs> and we still get spotted, which is great. It goes to show how great our fans are. But uh, I was hoping to keep a low profile. And if someone does ask to take a picture, I try to you know, say, hey, let's do it as discreetly as possible. Sure, I don't sure. need the 70 people around us to suddenly be crowding us. So well, I'm glad you had a good time. It was that, a blast. Yeah. Great time. Look, at, for, uh, we all know for three-plus hours on, on Sunday, starting next Sunday, your, your performance will be judged uh, in wins and losses. But are you basically, as we get into this, this week, uh, a creature of habit from studying film to practices? Mm-hmm. Are you locked into sort of the way Kirk Cousins likes yeah. to operate his week? Yeah, I have a, a routine, game week to game week. And this week's a little unique because we have extra time. Uh, we didn't play as starters in the fourth preseason game. And so we've had a little bit of extra time. 
uh, which Coach Zimmer has used for extra practices, extra preparation for Atlanta, but also some time to rest. And so we've had some off days mixed in with some days with bonus practices, and uh, it has thrown off that routine a little bit because you're not sure what the schedule is. And week two, you tend to jump into that normal in-season routine. But uh, we just have a lot of bonus days. And as Gary Kubiak said to me at practice the other day, he said, it is a long 10-day stretch from the last preseason game until the first game of the regular season because you're ready to go. You've been ready now for a month, and yet you have to have this long 10-day week and a half to get ready. So I'm itching ready to go, but uh, we got to pace ourselves. When you, uh, you mentioned being at the State Fair with your family, you go home and you have a normal routine with uh, your wife and your kids and just try yeah. to chill a little bit and stay away from it, and you can leave the football here, or do you study and get the... Uh, it's a <laughs> you're balance. shaking your head a little bit on it's that one. It's a balance. You know, we have the, the, the uh, tablets where we can right. watch film wherever we are, and so for me, I oftentimes do watch some at home, and my wife needs the help, so when I do get home, I need to jump in, but then I put my boys to bed around 7, 7.30, and then I can probably grab another hour of, of tape or trying to get things done. And then I also do a lot of stuff to try to take care of my body. I think it's really important as mm-hmm. a quarterback that you're out there every Sunday and that you're able to play and show up. And so for me, taking care of my body and making sure the hits don't add up is also something I do a lot when I'm at home, have people come over to the house who can work on me and uh, make sure that I'm as good as I can be for a long 16-game season. So um, that's really what keeps me busy when I leave the building. But uh, sometimes I text my wife and say, hey, I'm going to be home a little later, and she knows that's part of the gig. And, you know, there is an off-season. There's time to uh, be with family and enjoy and do different things. But there's also an in-season when even, you know, our own family needs to make sacrifices. Uh, Kirk, how would you compare your mindset um, this time of year, right now, compared to where you walked into this place at TCO a year ago? Well, the familiarity is night and day from knowing my teammates, knowing coaches, knowing uh, even just – how to get around the town and, um, uh, you know, working with staff. It, it's just so much easier to come to work every day and be at my best. Um, that doesn't mean, you know, suddenly it's going to equal three or four more wins, mm-hmm. but I sure mm-hmm. hope it does. And um, I hope it means a, a really good year for our offense. And, and um, I would like to think that that familiarity does make a difference. You mentioned Gary Kubiak's name. How, how much of an impact uh, from your perception of, of working with him already mm-hmm you think he'll make on you personally and his stamp on on this football team with working alongside Kevin Stefanski, of course? Yeah, I think he's going to have a big input. I I think at the end of the day, he is weighing in on everything. He's in the back of every offensive room. You know, he's quiet. He's, you know, Mm -hmm. Kevin's leading, but he still has an eye and an ear on everything and is going to lend coaching points and thoughts whenever he can. And I just love being around coaches who have coached in Super Bowls and big playoff games and coached great quarterbacks because they know what it should look like and what your standards need to be and what your work ethic and your preparation should look like. And so I love getting feedback from them. And, um, you know, Kevin's the same way. I mean, he was around Brett Favre, uh, you know, and he he was there when they had the incredible season and and the big playoff run. and, and, And so... You know, he knows what it looks like, and, and I'm just trying to glean from them as much as I can and do what they tell me and trust that if I do that, the results will take care of themselves. Is it a pretty good uh, orchestrated situation right now between Kevin and Gary? The Gary knows mm-hmm. that Kevin Stefanski is the offensive coordinator and is not trying to Bigfoot him at all. No, it's actually the opposite. I think that uh, uh, it works really well because of the two people you just mentioned. Kevin is a great listener, a great question mm-hmm. asker. Uh, is comfortable in his own skin and wants to learn from Gary. 
And the flip side is also true. I think Gary knows and trusts Kevin and, and understands, hey, I can give input. This is a young first-year coordinator, and he, I can help him. But at the same time, um, I don't think Gary needs or feels a need to be in front of the room and controlling anything, if that makes sense. He's not a control freak. And as Kevin made the comment when Coach Zimmer first looked to bring in Gary, uh, he asked Kevin, you know, your thoughts. And Kevin said, you know, I would I would walk to Denver, you know, if it meant that Gary would be there. So I think Kevin's very excited about having that input. And uh, ultimately, as I would say, as Kevin would say, as long as we just win and score points, I think we're all going to be happy and singing Kumbaya. And that's ultimately what it comes down to. Well, as we sit here early in the week, what excites you about this Viking offense that we really haven't seen much of, of course, during mm-hmm. the preseason? Yeah. Well, I think it starts with our scheme, which certainly is different from last year. I think our ability to run the football will be much improved, which I believe will take pressure off of us in the past game and open up a lot of other mm-hmm. opportunities. I think that um, uh, you know there's going to be a good identity and a good understanding of who we are and what we do well, which when things start to hit the fan, as they inevitably do, you can go back to home base and you know what you got to do to get back on track. Um, I do think that Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen and Kyle Rudolph and Dalvin Cook have been well-documented as to what they can do at the skill positions, and that's not changing. I mean, they're they're still there, they're healthy, and I think ultimately we're going to lean on them to really make our offense dynamic. And um, between those pieces, I'd like to think that uh, – you know, we can really do some special things on offense. And it, it, it inevitably comes back to you, and you're, you're, you're accepting that responsibility. And you know, I think back in the first day of minicamp, you said, look, I'm a, I've been a 500 quarterback right. in this league, and right. it's about winning. And I don't care it what is. my stats are. And unless we win, it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Is that the way it really does yeah. come down you to You summed it, it up. Uh, we have to win. And um, what's interesting is if I have statistically a weaker year or my weakest year as a starting quarterback – we could still very realistically have my best year as a starting quarterback because we have double-digit wins and we get the division and we have you know playoff games at home. I mean, that would be by far my best year, regardless of yards, touchdowns, interceptions, those kinds of things. So metrics and stats certainly tell some of the story, but at the end of the day, we need to win football games, and that's what I'll be measured on. That's what coaches are measured on. This team is measured on. And um, we do that. You can throw the stats out the window. Do you feel where you are at, uh, both age-wise and experience-wise, that you've uh, – no one ever figures out this league, but mm-hmm. you're pretty comfortable where you are in your career right now, and the timing is good for Kirk Cousins to lead this football team? Well, I hope so. I do think there are a lot of pieces in place and not a lot of room for excuses, if you will. But uh, I remember saying to Tom Brady when I was in my fourth year and we played them, and they beat us up in Foxborough, and uh, I went over and shook his hand after the game. And I just tried to quickly ask him, you know – when did it start to click for you? When did it all come together? Um, I understand you won a Super Bowl early in your career, but at the same time, you also have grown as a player. And his answer to, back to me was, it's still clicking. And I think his point is, Kirk, there is no moment. There is no crossing the river, if you will, and now suddenly you've got it all figured out. You just keep stacking days on top of each other. You keep working. You accumulate knowledge and experiences, and the next thing you know, you look around and you say, wow, I've, I've gotten pretty good. I'm starting to learn a lot about this game. And so I'm on that journey too. And I would say I'd like to think that another year under center, another offseason of practices, uh, learning from coaches, that's got to mean it's, it's clicking that much better. And I, I'm hoping that'll show on the field all fall. Using the word center, uh, you have a new one. How yes. is that uh, working out so far with Mr. Young Bradbury? And, and can, also conveniently, how is it all working out with the entire offensive line as we get to see them for the first yeah. time Sunday against Atlanta? 
Well, if you were to tell me in April, hey, we're going to draft a center, he'll be a rookie, um, you know, what do you think? I would have said, well, <laughs> you know, show me the guy, show me what he's like, and, and, and we'll see. I've been very impressed with him as a person and as a player, and I think, and it's still early, I think it's gone as well as it possibly could have with who we drafted, how ready he is to play, um, how quickly he's picked up the system, and how well he's fit in with the O-line room and with the offense and in working with me. So I think it's been a great acquisition. Um, again, still still early, but uh, very feel very positive about Garrett Bradbury as our center, hopefully for, the, for a long time. And the O-line in general, you know, I, I think that uh, it's pretty solidified. I mean, Brian O'Neill um, – was able to cut his teeth last year, did a great job. I think having him in a sec- in his second year again, much like I was talking about my second year here being uh, a help, I would think it'll do the same for Brian. Pat Elfline's played a lot of football now for the Vikings. He's in there. Josh Klein's played a lot of football around the league, including in the Super Bowl. He'll be at right guard. And then Riley Reef, we know what he can do and, and how, how much football he's played. So that's the starting five. And you add Rashad Hill, who's played a lot of meaningful snaps for mm-hmm. us. You love having that as well. And, and, uh, and so... I'm excited about the pieces, and uh, that should help. One uh, broader topic I want to talk to you about before we launch into a special guest we have coming up, uh, someone who's very close to you, <laughs> and also preview the Atlanta game, of course, is um, you know, the, the situation with Andrew Luck. I mean, as a yeah. quarterback, and it sent shockwaves through the league, uh, stunned teammates, everyone around him. And as a fellow quarterback and someone I'm sure you would admire his, yeah. his body of work, what came to mind when what Oof. was going on with those that period of time? You know, it was very surprising because I've always looked at Andrew as someone who, you know, it had so much success, and I never thought about maybe the grind that it was for him behind the scenes to have that success. Um, when you think number one overall pick, playoffs right away, took a team that was one in fifteen and got them to the playoffs. Every year he's played, he's essentially been to the Pro Bowl and been a playoff quarterback. Um, I just thought a guy like that must find this league to be easy, you know. And, yeah. and, and yet here he was saying this, you know, this is is just um, it's just taking it too far for him. So it was a shock, but um, it goes to show how much this league will test you. And I know that I, I feel it. Um, but uh, sometimes you wonder if you're all alone in thinking that way. And uh, I think when you saw Andrew and really, you know, how brave he was to stand up and say, "Hey, as much as this game affords me mm-hmm. a lot of great things." I'm willing to say no to those things for other things that I deem to be more important. And uh, I think that takes a lot of courage and, um, and, and you know, kudos to him. Yeah, absolutely. It was a tough decision and one I think most people, even though they, he got a few boos from people, probably sure, emotionally, sure. Amen, fans yeah. were, were – uh, Well, he were, had so much success, hard to watch him go. Absolutely. Listen, we're going to be right back on Under Center with Kirk Cousin to introduce our first guest of the show. You don't want to miss that. Stay with us. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins. And Kirk, uh, my goodness, uh, you talk about an opening first guest. How is it going to be possible to top this? <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I am I am thrilled to uh, have had my dad here. He came to a practice recently, and we asked him to come in studio and sit down with us and, and talk a little football. And so we have that interview taped here now. But uh, my dad, obviously, apart from uh, God himself, is probably the greatest game changer in my life and in my football career. Uh, my dad was able to help coach a lot of my teams growing up, going back to youth football, and he even helped out at the high school level. He's been in the stands for countless games, and he's a pastor in Orlando, Florida, and so he, he works on Sunday just like I do. And so he actually is unable to attend a lot of our Sunday games, but he'll make it to five or six a year between the Thursdays and the Monday nights and the Sunday nights, and then he'll you know ask off for a Sunday afternoon here or there so he can get to a game. But uh, 
It was great to have him in studio, and I hope our listeners can enjoy that conversation. Kurt, I'm going to let you do the introductions here because this is someone you're quite familiar with and a very, very special guest and a wonderful opportunity to talk to him. That's right. Thanks, Mark. Um, my dad is here joining us. Kind of a special <laughs> thing. I've never done this before, having my dad in on an interview quite like this. So, uh, Dad, welcome to the show. That's yeah, a little, little scary for you, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, a little scary. <laughs> he knows more about, me than, more about me than most people. But uh, uh, my dad is Don, Don Cousins, and uh, you're 62 Almost 63. Almost 63. But we're not going to celebrate it in just a few weeks. We're but going to let it just go by. You feel young, and uh, and we're glad you're able to join us. So thanks for being yeah, here. Yeah, it's, a, it's a privilege for me to be here. Outstanding. Well, uh, my dad, Don here, grew up in the Chicago area. Mm-hmm. So he grew up a Bear fan, which I grew up a Bear fan in the Chicago area. Obviously, our, our allegiances have significantly changed <laughs> since then. Blood is thicker than water. Blood is a lot thicker than water. But uh, that being said, you know, growing up in the Midwest and— and being around the NFC North, what were your early memories of the Minnesota Vikings? What do you remember of your years growing up? Well, the first memory was it's really cold where they play. <laughs> that was the first memory. At the Met. Wasn't, wasn't Bud Grant like wearing short sleeve shirts during the Well, he, he wouldn't allow gloves on the sidelines. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That was his yeah. big thing. Yeah, no, no, no heaters or no gloves, Don. I really? couldn't have played for him. Really? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, I just remember the, the snow piled on the sideline and seeing the players' breath and all that and say, oh my goodness, that. Who, who are going to play there? Those guys are nuts. Uh, you know, I remember George Foreman, and as a Bears fan, uh, please, somebody tackle him. Uh, you know, Fran Tarkington, uh, stop running around. Stand still. Um, you know, so I, I have a lot of memories of Bears-Packers. Uh, or uh, sure. Bears-Packers games and Bears-Vikings uh, games. Uh, but you, but you got to watch sweetness. You got to watch Walter Payton in his That's prime. That, that was sweet. That's true. And if we had just had a consistently good quarterback <laughs> through those years, just think ah. how good he would have been. <laughs> you had a bunch of them there. <laughs> yeah, so did. what's unique yeah. is I actually grew up my very first years playing flag football. Uh, my dad, this is, I'm in fourth and fifth grade. My very first years playing organized football had just been recess up until that point. And uh, my dad is the head coach of our flag football team. The assistant coach of our flag football team is a guy named Mike Singletary. No way. His son, Matt, was our age and lived in our town. And uh, Brittany Payton, Walter's daughter, actually Mm -hmm. went to our middle school as well. So they lived down the street from us as well. But uh, uh, Mike was his assistant coach. And my dad said, Mike, how is this going to look if I'm the head coach and you're the assistant? He said, no, I don't want to get involved in any detail. I just want to be able to coach the kids and and leave it at that. So he was the assistant, worked for my dad, and we won the league both years. So we had a good time. You got any any memories from that? Oh, we had a great time doing it, although – Mike still had the eyes. I was going to say, he, he's he an intimidating and, figure. Third, fourth and fifth grade, he'd get in a position and, he, and the eyes, and here's these fourth and fifth grade boys looking at him. Tell them about the one game, Kirk. We, the, yeah. the league rule was we uh-huh. had to rotate quarterbacks uh, every half. Sure. So everybody right. got a chance to play. Every position. Play quarterback, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, one week I was going to be gone. And uh, so because I had coordinated the offense, Mike obviously handled the, the little defense <laughs> that we had. Um, I said, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm going to have Kirk quarterback that game mm-hmm. because I'm not going to be there. And that way I at least know that I've got my best guy quarterback. Sure. So, Kirk, tell them what happened when the game began. Well, you know, my dad's out of town and our plays were simple. The quarterback was number one. The running back was number two. If we wanted the quarterback to run to the right, it was one right. If we wanted the running back to go to the right, it was two right. And the quarterback would hand him the ball. And I explained that to Mike, and he said, uh, it doesn't make sense to me. Just call your own plays. <laughs> call your own plays. For some reason, it just defense to offense didn't compute. So we had all these blitzes, and the defense was dominant. But uh, 
offense, he said, Kirk, that's not my world. Call your own place. So I did, and we found a way. We either tied the game or we, won the game. Won we game, survived yeah. it, and yeah. uh, and then thankfully my dad was back for the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mike was not Mr. Mr. Organization. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you remember every detail of a game like that? It is, yeah. because it was so, looking back, such insignificant football. Yeah. And yet when you're in it, it feels like the biggest thing ever. And that's something I wanted to ask you, Dad, because in youth sports so many times, looking back, it, it again, having played now at, at some serious uh, right. levels, right. you look back at youth sports and you shrug your shoulders and you say, who cares? And yet at the time, it felt like the biggest games in the world. And I remember being so excited in school that I was playing a baseball game that night or a football game that, that weekend. So can you talk a little bit about, as a parent, looking back now, uh, what that balance was to push your kids, challenge them, encourage them into sports, make it a big deal, motivate them, and at the same time, make sure it wasn't everything and it wasn't consuming you or, or your children. Well, I think back to my own father, who was a bricklayer by trade, and uh, I would go out sometimes on side jobs, and I was in high school, and, and help him, and there'd be, you know, as he's laying the brick, and he'd say, oh, this isn't quite right, and he'd want to take it down, I'd say, Dad, it's good enough. And he'd say, no, he said, if you're going to do something, do it right. And uh, that was a value that got built into me. And I think with youth sports, while you say it was insignificant when you were in fourth and fifth grade, when you look back today, obviously it was insignificant. But at the time, if you're going to do it, how are you going to do it? Yeah, do it with everything you got. You're going to do it with everything you got. And I think one of the reasons why, as you grow older, you build a value in your life for doing things the right way is because you're asked to do things the right way when you're in fourth grade playing flag football. Sure. And uh, it's just one of the benefits, uh, frankly, of the uh, athletic field in terms of life in general. It's a character building arena. And uh, you think of all the times that we left Little League games or or flight football games. And as we were going out for a hamburger or ice cream afterwards, and I would always uh, not always, but often try and draw some life principle from what we had just experienced on the athletic field because the athletic arena is a great place to teach the lessons of life. And uh, one of those lessons is if you're going to do something, do it with all your heart. Do it right. And, um, and so while fourth grade flag football is insignificant, it's not. Right. And shaping you as a nine-year-old to put your whole heart into what you do. Well, so you guys did a great job of keeping me well-rounded. I played football, basketball, and baseball all the way through high school. And I also played tennis, organized tennis through our middle school team. Played a little bit of golf, took some golf lessons, and uh, and so I probably played five sports. And looking back, I wish I'd taken more golf lessons because <laughs> I'm playing a lot in the off season and struggling through it. But I appreciate the the way you allow me to play a bunch of sports. Well, I was going to ask you guys that because um, in this day and age, both of you are seeing it. Uh, there, there's such a specialization feel to to sports that appearance sometimes. And we're listening right now. My kid's going to play in this sport, mm-hmm. and that is all they're going to do. And we feel that this is their road to wherever it might be. That's not necessarily a good no, thing, is it, Don? No, we didn't do that. Uh, our, our philosophy was play as many as you can for as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when he and his brother were playing treble soccer one time, they wanted them to make a year-round commitment. We said, we're not going to do that. We'll, we'll play it in the, uh, the one winter season, if you will, indoor or spring, outdoor. But, uh, but that's it. Uh, because he plays football in the fall, he's got baseball in the, in the spring and summer, and uh, we're going to rotate around and, uh, and play as many as you can for as long as you can. And there's something to developing a skill, but there's also something to having general athleticism. And the reality is you could probably show up with being a well-rounded athlete, show up as a freshman or sophomore in high school and make the soccer team and play well. 
uh, and you can develop those skills later. Now, there are the Tiger Woodses who only played golf from a very young age, and it worked out well for them, but uh, I do think being more well-rounded is probably the better overall plan. Yeah, there's not a long long list of Tiger Woodses. No, <laughs> no. And well-rounded doesn't just mean sports. I mean, right. you were well involved said. in other activities right. as well, which uh, <laughs> self-described. I mean, I, in, I, I hear uh, that you were interested in, in singing. I don't know if this is a, a scene out of Glee <laughs> from the TV show, but well, uh, you were involved, right? Right, Don? He, he, was it, he good? It, it, uh, he, you know, yeah, he was pretty good. Yeah, he was pretty good. In um, I was in a swing yeah. choir. It was a tryout. Uh-huh. It, just, it was a varsity sport, if you will. I think I got a varsity letter. I literally got one for being in that swing choir. But uh, yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, uh, Coach Zimmer would really like this. Um, on Wednesdays, <laughs> on Wednesdays, the director of that little choir had uh-huh. an arrangement with whoever the coach was. Of the sports Kirk, season. Sure. Kirk would leave either basketball, football, or baseball halfway through the practice to go to the swing choir, the swing choir practice. This you know, is really out of the show Glee. This is kind of it. This yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah. You know, so the, the quarterback walked off the football field halfway through practice wow. to go to swing choir. It was a unique arrangement, and our <laughs> choir director at our school was a unique person. There were A third of the school was in choir, and his concerts were – were, were special. So he, he had a unique leadership gift to kind of rally the kids, but he certainly uh, got me inspired. I think we have an example, uh, a recent example. Of That's Kirk right. Cousins, and never, you never, the talent is there. And I, you know, it's, <laughs> it's never too late for American Idol. Uh, let's listen to what, this is listen to Kirk Cousins here. Let's go. That is awesome. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, we <laughs> went just, down to just in case the football thing doesn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. We went down to Nashville. I got a buddy who uh, who lives yeah. down there and has a recording studio. And because I do, you know, they say all athletes want to be musicians. I'm no exception. So. In the offseason, I said, let's go down there and record a little bit. One of my mm-hmm. old teammates is a drummer, so he drummed, and that was the track that, that we cut. And uh, among many other songs we picked randomly, because we, we wanted my buddy who's a drummer to have something unique drumming that was fast, and we picked, why not Blink-182 first date? So sure. there it was. That was us singing. <laughs> yeah. Is music important to you? you like to, as far I, I, Yeah, that's, that's a great question. It is important to me. I think it's a big part of life, and it's amazing how much music is tied to memory. When you hear a song, it, it takes you back to yeah. a special place, and uh, that's, that just adds to the meaning of, of the song to me. And so um, it does, it, it, it has a big impact on your life, and, and it, there really is a soundtrack to your life, and you can pick songs that, that tell the story of your journey. And we'll be right back with more from Kirkstad on Under Center with Kirk Cousins. Welcome back to Under Center, and let's get back to the second part of the interview with Kirk's dad. Don, what's it like for you to, to watch your son uh, now here with Minnesota um, in person or on television when you're watching? Uh, your hands get pretty sweaty still? Well, I wear a heart rate monitor when I run. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, when I am uh, on the days, game days, I don't have to run because it's a three-hour heart rate monitor accelerated <laughs> experience. Uh, it's like running a marathon I bet it from is. a heart rate standpoint. Yeah, it's it's stressful. Yeah, I bet it is. I, it never, it never. Well, it never should be for any, and never and yeah. for for any parent. I know um, uh, the the camps that you've had here, Kirk, are yeah. real important to you. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun doing those. We held one here at uh, St. Thomas University in St. Paul, which is an outstanding facility. Oh, yeah. The stadiums, the 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 cafeteria, the dorms it was outstanding, and uh, we're excited to be able to do that again. 
And then we also do one in Michigan as well for middle school kids. And uh, we really enjoyed meeting the kids that attended the camp here, especially in Minnesota. We just found the kids to be great people, and we really enjoyed working with them. And they seemed to really appreciate the camp. They thanked us and were very uh, grateful that we put it on, and that meant so much to us. So I look forward to hopefully doing that for years to come. Yeah, I agree. Well, you know, uh, we ask lots of questions of the media. You you have to face them after games on Wednesdays. We, we ask all the same questions. But sometimes the best questions come from kids, and you know that. And we have a couple of examples Great. of that. Hi, I'm Joe Geyer, and I um I want to ask Kirk Cousins, what is his favorite um parent? <laughs> <laughs> that is, oh, 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 wow. Oh, oh, that's an easy one for me to answer. <laughs> Well, we're you gonna, better, we're you gonna, gonna answer, say, you better we're gonna answer say this mom. Word. You better we're answer gonna, that. Yeah, we're yeah. gonna say mom. And, and didn't we'll expect that one, did we? See, what's funny is the kids. <laughs> this they ask some of these questions at our camp, and the, the first the one that's most popular is, "Who do you like more, Thielen or Diggs?" Oh, I'm sure. And I look at these kids and I say, "You're going into seventh grade, and you're asking tougher questions than than you know the the Pioneer Press is. I mean, sure. this is." Pretty good deal. So uh, these kids, they're tough. They just raised the bar on that one, yeah. though. I mean, that's, oh, man. that's the right came, answer for that. It came out of nowhere at the end there. I had to, I had to play that one for you guys. <laughs> I think we have one more as well. Let's, let's hear what is your... Hey, Kirk Cousins. I'm Matthew Knudsen. I'm from Fergus Falls. And I was, I'm wondering, what was your favorite football team before you were drafted? Oh, good question. So I grew up in Chicago, so naturally I was a Bear fan. But I found when we moved to Michigan, the Bears weren't on TV that much. The Lions were on TV. And so I didn't get to watch them as often. And they went to the Super Bowl my senior year of high school. And I just, while I followed them, it wasn't the same kind of fandom as it was when I was younger. And then in college at Michigan State, I found myself, because I had teammates who went on to play in the NFL, I found myself rooting for the players uh, less than, less than, the, than the teams themselves. And um, and then, you know, as you meet the coaches from the different teams and you're going through that process of the draft, you really just, I mean, I had no allegiance to the Bears at that point. You just somehow just kind of gradually over time just left me. And, um, you know, aside from going to Soldier Field to play them and bringing back memories of going to a few games as a kid, uh, that's about all that's, that's left there. And, um, and so I would say the Bears, if I had to pick one, but, you know, it, it, it went away. When you uh, uh, have to decompress after a Sunday game and uh, you know, with your own family, but do you reach out to your dad once in a while? Do you talk, oh, yeah. or do you talk football or, or kind of keep it away from football, or is it a combination of the yeah, two? Yeah, I, I think it's, you know, when I'm driving home from work many days, uh, I got about an 11-minute commute home, so I'll you know call him as I'm pulling out of the parking lot here and just touch base and let him know how the day went. And that's everything from how the family's doing to mm-hmm. – uh, how my body's feeling to how practice was and how conversations with coaches are going. And, uh, you know, I think it's fun for him to follow. And obviously as a dad, whether it's football or accounting, you know, he would, right. he would be there on the other end of the call to talk through it. And uh, uh, obviously just such a great resource to have through so many years. And honestly, I don't think that I would be in the NFL if I didn't have those conversations yeah. with my dad through the years. Little ones, you know, every day. I think they uh, combine to kind of build up who you are and the way you operate, the way you work, the way you think, and all those things end up making you into the player and person that you become. And, Donnie, as a uh, father of a 33-year-old son, um, you never get tired of seeing when your cell phone comes up and you see the, the name of your son or, true. calling you and That's understanding true. that your role never – you're still dad. That's true. When it's all said and done, yeah, right? So yeah, what you yeah. just sort of you, – are you a sounding board? Do you like to listen? Do you like to offer advice? Or where, where are you at with all that? Uh, I, you know, I, I do a lot of listening, and then I try and offer – for some perspective, yeah. as I think sometimes the uh, most important thing in life is to have an accurate perspective on whatever's happening. Sure. And uh, there's so many voices 
that are coming into his world that are not necessarily accurate or fair in the perspective that they're that they're bringing. And that doesn't mean it's always positive. Yeah. Uh, there, there are times when uh, when criticism or whatever um, is 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 accurate, and uh, there's a perspective that you have have to have toward toward that as well. So I, I guess I try to offer perspective. It is family is everything for that. Yeah. Well, it? and one thing I've learned through playing football is the importance of family. Football, it's like it took football to teach me that because you realize when you struggle and you get booed and people are piling on and even sometimes teammates you know are frustrated with you. The one thing you do have is family. They're going to be there, maybe to a fault, but they're going to be there. And so after games, after a tough stretch of a season, after a tough season, to know that my wife, my kids, my siblings, my parents are there and their perspective of me, their love for me isn't changing, what a great comfort. And so, you know, football taught me that, but it, it, it really is true, period. No matter who, what you're going through in life, if you never play football, you got your family, and that, that means a great deal to me. Don, yeah. how often do you get back to, to see the games and see, the, see your grandkids? Well, we, we get back to about six or seven, probably half the games yeah. a year. Uh, uh, try and make all the uh, odd ones, if you will, Sunday night, Monday night, sure. Thursday night. Because I pastor a church in Orlando. Right, so right. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday mornings. Morning. Get, <laughs> Sunday morning. Do you is, cut your yeah, sermon yeah, short yeah. on Sunday mornings? Um, I don't necessarily cut them short, but I do leave immediately afterwards. <laughs> it's a short commute, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, it's a pleasure having you in here today. Thank you so much. It's great to meet you, and and, uh, Kirk, I know it means the world to you to have your dad around and your family, so we thank you so much. Thank you. Yep, he was here watching practice today, so glad you're here, Dad. Thanks for coming on the show and joining us. It is always fun to be at practice. And welcome back to Under Center with Kirk Cousins, Mark Rosen alongside, and uh, here we go, Kirk. I mean, you go from... uh, uh, playing barely playing together in the preseason to full throttle yes. against Atlanta, which is a question I always had after watching so many NFL games. Uh, you can only duplicate so much in practice. Uh, you know, all of a sudden now you got to go at it all the time uh, for four quarters with the guys you really haven't played that much with mm-hmm. in the preseason. How difficult is that? I think that's where the nerves do show up because you're not into week four, five, or six yet. You don't know what kind of team you have. It is still new, and yet you got to come out the gates ready to go. There's no room for error. There's no, you know dip your toe in the water time. I guess if there was, that was the preseason. So it's go time now, and um, you know the Falcons are coming to town, so we better be ready. You're opening at home. Uh, first impressions are always uh, very, very important. You bottle up all that emotion, yet you have to kind of take that even-keel approach over four quarters. I, I assume the, the adrenaline's really rushing when you run out of that tunnel with the noise in U.S. Bank oh, Stadium yeah. on Sunday. Oh, yeah, it'll be electric. Uh, preseason really can't match what it'll feel like uh, for the kickoff at home week one. Our fans have been dying to cheer for us for eight months, whatever it's been, and um, I can't wait to give them something to cheer about. How important is it uh, to hold serve in this league? Oh yeah, at home uh, when you're playing. You know, if you can win all your home games and and bang out a couple on the road, that gets you to double digit wins right there. So it's a simple formula, but it's one that can work. And um, with the with the crowd we have at home and the game day atmosphere. I think that's a very realistic goal, simply because it's a tough place to come in and win if you're an op- if you're an opponent uh, on the ro- coming around the road. So, you know, let's try to get all those home games and steal a couple on the road and, or more, and uh, that, that should get us in the playoffs. NFL fans are uh, very acquainted with uh, Atlanta's offense. Your counterpart, Matt Ryan, and what he has for weapons, but you're not concerned about them. You're concerned yeah. about their defense. And what right. have you seen yep. as you uh, dig deep into the Atlanta Falcons' defense? 
Well, the head coach, Dan Quinn, comes originally from Seattle, and so it's a scheme that has started in Seattle and then has kind of permeated the league and now five or six different NFL teams, and uh, Atlanta's running that scheme. And they obviously have their own wrinkle to it, but um, it, it pretty much is that scheme that we've now faced several times from different teams. And uh, last year, Atlanta, you know, their story of their year was a little bit uh, marred by injuries, and those guys are all healthy now. You know, the players that missed much of last year are back, and so they're a team with health and with all their players. I think they expect to be a playoff team and go deep in the playoffs, and so uh, we, we, we are the same way. And um, really good players all around their defense. You know, they got a great corner in Trufant. They've got a great safety in Keanu mm-hmm. Neal, a great three technique in Grady Jarrett. Deion Jones and middle linebackers are great players. So we got our work cut out for us, but you go down the line week to week in the NFL and you realize just about every team has big names and big-time players, and that's why we have to bring it. You always talk about a balanced attack, and we think that we hear that you're going to be under center a little bit more this mm-hmm. year. Uh, not so much out of the shotgun, but it doesn't mean you're not going to try to run the ball more effectively, which is an area the Vikings have to improve on. Yeah, I think we feel like we can be more – or we can be harder to detect what we're going to do when I'm under center and when we're able to, uh, you know, use the run game effectively and then from that have different wrinkles like play action and and uh, and also bootlegs and, and different things. So we're excited for those wrinkles. And, again, the preseason, you're not really fully unveiling your offense, although I think we, we still run our system. Mm-hmm. It's much dialed down, and so it's the diet version, if you will. So... I'm excited to go full throttle uh, against a really good defense, and um, and boy, sure would feel great to walk out of U.S. Bank next weekend with a with a big win. We all know about your favorite uh, targets with Thielen and Diggs, but uh, the Vikings also added a guy you're familiar with, Josh Doxson. Yeah, uh, a guy who was taken the same draft as Laquan Treadwell, who didn't make the team this year. Mm-hmm. But what do you know about Josh, and what do you like about him? Well, you know, similar to last year, Aldrick Robinson was somebody who I'd played with in mm-hmm. Washington, and uh, Aldrick was available early in the year, and um, you know, Aldrich was a great player for us, contributed quite a bit. We knew he wasn't going to somehow, you know, become a, an all-pro. You know, we still had Diggs and Thielen, but to have a third or a fourth receiver can be so valuable, and um, that's why we're very excited about what Chad Beebe's been able to do mm-hmm, for us mm-hmm. and even what Ola B.C. Johnson has shown. But, um, you know, you do need arguably five receivers uh, to have depth, and uh, Josh, I think just the time on task with him is very valuable, having worked with him for – uh, what was two full seasons, and um, and then in addition to that, just knowing some of his skill set and what he brings to the table, there are traits there with his vertical jump and his size that did make him a first-round pick, and uh, I'm excited to hopefully be able to put that on display this fall, and um, I think Josh will have an edge to him, you know, with where his career has gone as of late. I think he'll be ready to work and ready to grind, and um, I think that time on task together could be very valuable for us, much like it was with yeah. Aldrich last year. How long does it take for him to get up to speed when you walk into a new yeah. situation like that? Well, I, I, it takes time, but much like with Aldrich, you know, I was able to speak their language, you know, his language last year, and I said, hey, this is what you would call this play, now we call it this. And, hey, mm-hmm. this is the variation, everything else is the same, but this one little wrinkle is different, so don't worry about all the other things. That you can just carbon copy from previous system you've been in but just focus on this one change. And hopefully I can say the same to Josh this week such that he's able to pick it up much more quickly than you would otherwise be able to. And and um, he's a smart guy, so I think he can pick it up quick. And, and if he does, um, I expect to see him you know, as soon as possible. We talked about your rookie center, but you also have a, a target, uh, Irv Smith Jr., who's uh, really got quite quite the accolades. And you know, again, yeah. he's a rookie. Uh, you're not going to burn up the league maybe right away, but what do you like about him? 
Well, I love his burn up is a good term because he has burners. He can run. And I think that's the big trait that stands out is that he can really go. And when you put him on the field uh, and teams don't match him with a nickel corner but keep an extra Mm -hmm. linebacker on the field, we feel we have a a mismatch now in our favor with Irv on a linebacker. Um, So, you know, I think like anybody else, there's growing room. There's, you know, things he's got to do to get to his best potential in this league. But uh, you know, mark mark my words between Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith and Tyler Conklin, and uh, you know we feel like we can get some guys out there who can really have an impact on the game and keep us very versatile and multiple in what we do offensively. I want to remind everyone a couple things. First of all, this show again will be with you every Tuesday night from uh, six to seven here on KFAN. But we're going to have an opportunity for you, the fan, to ask Kirk or myself a question. Probably Kirk, but uh, you can contact us on Twitter at Kirk Cousins Eight or at KFAN Rosen using hashtag AskKirk. Also, keep in mind you can leave Kirk a voicemail. The number is 952-918-8438. Again, 952-918-8438. And uh, we appreciate positive feedback. I can only imagine some of the voicemails <laughs> well, we're going to get. Those could be funny to listen to. Yeah, they could be a lot of fun. I don't know who's going to be filtering through those, but that keep it clean, scary. kids. You know, exactly. That'll be my exactly. job right here. I can't wait to do that. That'll be your job. Yes. Good luck, Chris. Yeah, exactly. That's yours, Chris. Um, what's it like game day, uh, opening yeah. day? I mean, you hear about uh, it's just – you're in the hotel the night yeah, before. You're hotel, going through your butterflies. Yeah, I mean, you've been the through this league. Does it still feel like it's your first game in a lot of ways? It's, uh, you know, I remember when I came into the league, Rex Grossman, who had played in the Super Bowl and was a 10 year vet, said, you know, Kirk, there's just a few games a year that have that extra energy. And he said, the kickoff weekend is one of them. And he said, you settle in, you know, you get into the second quarter and you say it's just another game. And even week two, week three, you settle in. But the initial excitement of week one, and really that goes back to high school, yeah. the buildup uh, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. you've been waiting, 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 and now it's the first time you're really going to go play for real. Um, there's something special about it, and it's about really managing those butterflies and and containing them in such a way that it you know helps you and doesn't hurt you. Is it? Uh, are you aware of just how loud that place gets? Well, especially when you're on the sidelines, that your defense yeah, is out there. Yeah, our fans do a great job of staying quiet when I'm on the field, and so really, I I notice it when I'm on the bench and just sitting there and taking it in and really praying that our defense gets another stop. But uh, oh yeah, I'm fully aware of how of how much energy they bring, and many times I look across at the other quarterback when he's out there, and I think, wow, I mean, he's got to deal with a lot right now, and that's a good thing. <laughs> you're um, you're preparing uh, 100% getting ready for Atlanta the following week. You go to Green Bay the, to play the Packers. They're on uh, Thursday night football. Are you a fan? I'll even Oh, yeah. Try to watch, I'll be you watching. Watch, you yeah. do watch the yeah. game. Yeah. Oh, do you yeah. watch I, it just trying to absorb things? or, or You know, unfortunately, I've lost the ability to just watch as a fan. Even yeah, when I turn on college that. football, I find myself watching the protections and watching the reads. And, oh, the quarterback can't do that. You know, he, he missed the read or whatever. But uh, I'll be watching. I love watching football around the league, you know, especially NFL ball, especially the really good offenses, the really good quarterbacks. I think it's a, f- a fun thing to watch. And, uh, you know, Bears-Packers divisional game. You better believe I'll be tuning in. Well, we appreciate it, Kirk. It's been a fun uh, kickoff to our show. We're going to be here again every Tuesday night, 6 to 7 here on KFAN. Also, all the different social platforms on video from you know, Vikings YouTube, Vikings Connected TV app, all their social media platforms. Uh, we'll keep talking about those as well. But uh, good luck this Sunday. Thanks so much, Mark. Really looking forward to having these chats with you each week. And uh, can't wait to uh, make some memories on the field and then in the studio with you this year. Sounds good. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again same time next week here on Under Center with Kirk Cousins.